York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Yes, here we go once again. What's going on? It's Jailers from Nick A Time Show. Here giving you that Knicks talk just in the Nick of Time. And it's time to talk about a Knicks win because the Knicks beat the Clippers and their super team 111 to 97. RJ Barrett, the bottom line, comes back after knee soreness and missing two games and give you 26 points, four assists, six rebounds, and a perfect six from six from the free throw line. Julius Randle, after having an abysmal showing on ESPN, gives you 27 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. Mitchell Robinson, the most underrated Nick, in my opinion, on this squad, gives you 13 points, 15 rebounds, nine of those offensive, and four steals. Let's go Mitch and the others on the team. Josh Hart gives you 10 points to 76. Dante DiVincenzo gives you 12 points and six rebounds and quickly gives you a very sufficient seven points and five rebounds. And the Knicks did a good job. They actually shot like an NBA team from three. Gave you 38% from three-point line, shot 46% from the field, and we finally got a win, and we're going to talk about it all, man. Let's get it, man. How you feeling, Lee? How you doing? <laughs> back from COVID, back from some family illness, back in the spot, back in the bodega, back in the hood. Glad to be talking to Nitz with you, brother. Uh, yeah, man, It's this is a game that we've been waiting for. I think it's been so miserable to start the season, like Jay Ellis and I have been arguing about my minutia in our Ted's thread, man. It's been like, <laughs> we're desperate for a win, man. And we got the win that we needed because it was led by RJ Barrett with an yes. all-star performance. And it was led by Julius Randle with a very efficient game with quick, you know, ready-made reads, really quick decision-making, crisp passing, overall solid leadership, diving out the loose balls, playing good defense, getting back on defense in a timely manner, not jogging and let guys blow by him at the traffic cone that like we saw in past games. Uh, I was really happy. You know, it wasn't a perfect game. Still saw some inconsistencies from Jalen Brunson. Still saw like a lack of shooting from uh, Josh Hart and really a very bad passive game from Quentin Grimes on the offensive end. But there were so many beautiful positives. That's what I'm focusing on. And I'll tell you what, man, I, this this season – I'm going to war for Julius Randle, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill myself in a 24/7 full-time job. But I did mellow, like for five years, six years of mellow. Every day, I was defending him to a death. I'm not gonna go that far, but things. I just feel like this team can survive with Julius Randle as the third option, and R.J. Barrett can surpass him as that second option, and Randle to slot into the third. Y'all, man. The sky's the limit for this team. And I think we don't need a superstar at that point. We just need maybe one or two more pieces to even out the roster. And tonight, Randall showed you what a third option Randall can be. And RJ was unbelievable as a point of attack. I, all we need is Brunson to get back to cooking. And, bro, the mid three is the mid three. Let's yeah. go! The <laughs> get that shirt printed up. Let's get it. Man, I, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna start out with Randall, right? I'm gonna start out with a 27 point, 10 rebound, three assist, Julius Randall. And I, I already said this before in the last stream. I'm gonna say it right now. For the friends who are frustrated with Julius Randall, 
I do not blame you. We all have PTSD from when from Randall a few years ago, you know. And to be honest with you, um, I said this before the stream kind of cut out. When me and Ebony were doing the post game last time, we were talking about Randall's decision making and la la la. But there's a clip that's going around on the ESPN social media that's showing Julius Randle barking or being distraught and being mad at Jalen Brunson for not passing him a ball after he's been playing like cheeks the entire game and, and Brunson was scoring 45. And it led to him not rushing back on defense and being very lack of days ago with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. And, I, you know, I get upset about missed shots. And... I bang my head when decision-making is, is not optimal. But to me, when I read selfishness, that's when I really uh, are, are, pissed, are pissed off of what he brings. And, to, and I, I feel like he knew he messed that up. Because when ESPN gets a hold of it, when Kendrick Perkins is calling you out on national television, that has to trickle down to your front door. And he responded today, and I hope that continues. He responded today for sure with 27 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. And listen, the the, the decision-making was there. He overpassed even a little bit to the, uh, in the first quarter, but he passed the ball. He hit open threes. Uh, he rebounded better. I wish defensively, I wish he had multiple efforts defensively. Like, I feel like when he doubles, he doesn't run back to the corner to, to cover the three-point line. But overall... Um, the process in which he played with is so much better than what we see than uh, the last few games, and so I, I applaud him for doing that. But we need to keep that up. We cannot have um, a restart. Uh, we cannot have a setback of the old Julius Randle. Be like water, like your boy Bruce Wayne, uh, Bruce Lee said. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Thus, but good game for Julius Randle overall. And he wasn't even the highlight for me. He wasn't even the highlight for me. He used the, the story for me, but he wasn't the highlight for me. Mm. Yeah, the highlight I, for I, me, I, it was... Oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Lee. No, I was, I was going to agree with you, man. I saw this moment, I think it was in the third quarter, Randle and Tibbs were on the sidelines, and I was I was at a, a Twin Peaks, so it was very loud. I couldn't hear the audio. I was with my pops watching the game, and I saw Tibbs' mouth trust the pass. And I was like, man... I think throughout the game, that messaging is starting to become clear to Randall. And you're right. It's different when ESPN's roasting you and calling you a bum compared to me on Twitter or someone else calling you a bum. Like mm -hmm. that stuff I think he doesn't take as serious to where he actually changed his attitude and his performance. But when you hear from ESPN fellow colleagues, former NBA players and the mainstream media, I think I think the, the message was heard loud and clear. And you yeah. started seeing him play differently he was actually looking to involve his teammates and he avoided isolation unless he had the mismatch or he caught the ball on a low block then he would turn around and make the move but he didn't have any of those like high post or left corner where he just hit someone off the dribble yeah. he was really focusing on quick decision making and crisp passes and to tell you he reminds me so much of chris weber man when weber would catch the ball and he would overthink the shot he usually bricked it but when Weber caught it and he would make an immediate move, either find the pass or the cutter, or he would pull up for a J or pull up from three or pull a pull up from a, a, a on the post, he was automatic and unstoppable. And Randall reminds me so much of Weber, not as good as Weber, but it's very similar games, similar builds, and similar skill sets. Although I think Weber's a better player overall. Yeah, I remember people arguing about that that statement last season. Um, and also, man, look, the one one. one the past to Mitchell Robinson. Obviously, 
I don't see this being a memo sent out to pass the ball to Mitchell Robinson because the team has taken has taken notice, and I feel like there's been a few more Mitch passes than usual this game. Uh, and Randall had a really nice pick and roll pass to Mitch. I don't really think I've seen a pick and roll game between Julius Randall and Mitch like that. Um, so. That live to Mitch was a, a very welcome sight. I would love to see more of that because Randall is a good yeah. passer, um, better than average at the power board position. So I would like to see them take advantage of that even more. And I really like that. That's for sure. You got to keep that up. We got to keep that mojo going for sure. Mm. And also, we got to keep the bottom line mojo going. Hey, let's go. <laughs> I am so proud of that. I'm so proud, guys. You don't understand how proud I am. Because my favorite players on this team have been like Brunson um, and IQ, really. Like Brunson and IQ have been my favorite players on this team last season. Um, RJ is the guy who I, I love his character and I love his makeup. But when I talked about RJ's game, it was always it was always like in the future. It was like, man, if you can do this, man, yeah. if you can just do, oh, if you can. It's, it's like I wanted it for him, but it never really got there. And this season, it feels like it got there, and the process is there, and the passing is there. There was one pass that I loved, where he went to the paint, and he had the the presence of mind to kind of stop a beat and give like a a. a and drop off like over the head past the Hartenstein for a dunk. Like those are the type of passes you wasn't really seeing from RJ last year, where it looks like the game is just slowing down and he's able to just process the game so much faster than he was last year. And on top of that, hit 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 from the three point line. He's he's our best. He's the best. He's been our best three point shooter this season. Yeah, he has. Who would have thought when when Julius Randle was saying, man. We needed we we needed spacing. It's kind of crowded there. What he's really saying is we need RJ back because he's our spacing. All right. Who would have thought that would have happened? Who would have thought? Fifty percent from the field, two or four, twenty six points, and been pr pretty lethal in the mid range. Wow, looking at cleaning the glass stats today. Forty three percent overall from three from RJ Barrett for the season, and is in the this. Shooting forty percent from the mid range—that's the sixtieth sixtieth percentile, which isn't like is which is not elite, but it's the first time that he's been a little bit better than average his entire career. Uh, this is the first, yeah. So it's 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 good. This is this is a really good sign, and it, and it's turned into winning. I was wrong about RJ Barrett. I said in the other stream before it ended. I want to say it again. I never thought RJ Barrett was a bum. I mean. You can attest to this. There, there's. I'm not on record saying that he's a bad player or he shouldn't have been a lottery pick. I just had higher expectations. I thought the first couple of seasons, one through three, where he is now, would where he he would have gotten there sooner. And I thought that what we saw last year was a ceiling, which is like 19 points a game, four and four. You know, with not not very efficient shooting splits, he has surpassed those expectations. And I said then, and I'll say again now, I am happy to be wrong because if RJ fulfills his promise as a two-way player this team has a very very high ceiling without making an, a major move for a superstar level player like Embiid or Leonard or Kevin Durant level guy like if RJ Barrett 
can be an all-star level player. Yep. Damn, man, this team is on a whole nother level because his defensive acumen, when he's engaged and locked in, combined with his elite ability to get to the hoop and finish around the hoop, draw fouls around the hoop, and hit his free throws, man, there's not many teams that can beat us in the Eastern Conference come playoff time. And that is a very scary and very beautiful place to be. Yeah, I remember. I still remember the conversation we had last year, Leah. It was like, if Julius Randle is last year's Julius Randle and – and Jalen Brunson is last year's Jalen Brunson, and R.J. Barrett ascends to the level that he is playing at right now. This is a totally different team. This yes. is totally this is Eastern Conference type scary finals. This is that type of team. I, I still feel like we still need like that 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 wing defender and a little depth of power forward. But this is the base for a really scarily dangerous team. And I know people are, are were afraid. Of the start, I know we're like a game under five hundred. But if I am, if you if you put the hysteria aside and think we were in every game, we were pretty much in every game. The Correct. the Celtics game we lost by like one. The 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 Cavs was a back to back. The 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 and then we we hung with the Bucks. Everybody loved the Bucks. Everybody wants to say the Bucks is going to be in the finals. We were right there with the Bucks, without R.J. Barrett, with Julius Randle playing like absolute dog cheeks. So, if you really look back and think and, and kind of like just pull back from the hysteria, like we can be in a good place because this is this is the toughest part of the schedule for us. Uh, one of the toughest parts of the schedule for us for the year. And the Clippers is one of those games where people were like, "Ah, oh, here's another tough game." Here's another tough game. And we won that game. Okay? We you beat the super team. So beautiful. We beat the super team. All right? Not only did we beat the super team, we beat the super team led by the second unit in RJ Barrett. <laughs> the second unit in RJ Barrett. Well, you, saw, you saw Ellie, right? You know what makes it so beautiful to me, who, you know, I've been a Knit fan for just a little bit over 20 years. I think anyone under the boomer age, like my pops, he saw Clyde Frazier, he saw Willis Reed, Bill Bradley, Cassie right. Russell. Like for me, I haven't seen someone who was drafted by the Knicks, cultivated, invested in, resigned, and then grow into the player that we thought he would do yeah. at where he was at where he was drafted. Really not since Patrick Ewing. Have we had someone where he stayed the majority of his career, entered his prime, and played his prime in New York City? That, that's really the only one. Everyone else is either a free agent or a trade to bring him in here. Like yeah. RJ has a potential to be, you know, m- memorialized mm-hmm. in MSG and the minds and hearts of Knit fans because of how he came to this team. And what no one will ever forget when he said, I'm a Nick, when he was at that press table, him and his pops. Him and Rowan crying, hugging, so happy, wanting to only be picked by the New York Knicks and now to become fully realized in the orange and blue under Tibbs with this team and being maybe our most dominant player this season, along with Mitchell Robinson, is a sight to behold. Another guy who was drafted by the Knicks, cultivated, invested in, re-signed, and now we're seeing him reach his prime too. That is something that us as Knicks fans in the last 20 years under Dolan, we we are not used to. We're used to these aging passer prime bloated stars. Guys that come here on you know bum contracts, getting overpaid, never reaching their potential. Not anymore, man. 
you say what you want about Leon Rose and Tibbs, they have their faults, but we're actually seeing a homegrown roster and guys building chemistry with each other and bringing the best out of each other. That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I agree. And hopefully we get to keep some of our homegrown pieces. Like hopefully we do sign IQ um, and keep him because I feel like he's, he's another kind of success story that I'll talk about a little bit later. But the fact that we've been missing on these lottery picks for years and the one that we did actually hit on, Christos Rozingis, um, got injured, was disgruntled and having to trade him. Like, and, and now we have RJ Barrett, who's starting to live up to his name, is a huge deal for us. Because we've been having this conversation. Man, wow, look at all the draft. Look at all the people we're drafting. Oh, this is a good draft. This is a good draft. We draft this guy in the 25th, just time, 26th. And we never hit on that top 10 pick yet. We tanked for nothing. That was the conversation. Now it's looking. Now it's looking like you missed out on job. You missed out on Zion, but RJ Barrett is, is turning out. So that's huge. And Jay, if we had Jaw or Zion and they had the same issues, if Zion was smashing OnlyFans thoughts in New York City, or Jaw was was pulling out guns, like we'd be the laughing stock of the lead. We'd be bom- bombing out, bottoming out in the standings. Like RJ is the opposite of that. Like you said, high character. Great mental makeup, emotionally cool as a cucumber, goes out there and plays hard and doesn't let one bad game distract him from improving to the next. Like, man, that's a great kind of player to have, man. Pick third, there's no one else I'd rather have at that position. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So I'm extremely ecstatic that he's growing his game out to be the guy who can read the defense, uh, start to hit the mid-range off the dribble, go to the rim, Set up his teammates. He made a nice little touch pass today. I'm I'm really extremely happy with RJ. And it looks real. It looks extremely real. And I was worried because he's a rhythm guy. So for him to miss two games and come back and not miss a beat was a big deal. Because I've even I've seen that happen where he got into rhythm last season, got mm-hmm. injured, came back, and looked like a shell of himself. But he he did not miss a beat. True. Did not miss a beat. Uh, let's talk about Mitchell. I want to talk about the second unit. I want to talk about Mitchell Robinson. I want to talk about those guys as well. But before I do, listen, guys, shout out to the chat. SK, Stanley Novak, Alexander, uh, picks for Timmy, OG over there. Big task at hand. Shout out to you guys. If you want to talk, you can head into that Discord. I'm, I'm not sure the Discord link is up. But, uh, Fritz, can you put the Discord link in the chat? Um, and if you want to talk Knicks basketball with us, hit that Discord link. And we can talk some Knicks basketball. Right. It's too early to, for the overreactions. And, man, I, I'm so glad that we have had the type of podcast and the type of team unity here where none of us jump out the window in the very beginning. Like, yes, I have said fire Tibbs, you know, 45 games into the season in year three of him coaching. But in the first seven games right now, like, you can't – everyone will eventually regress or or bring up to the mean. Like, right now, like – Sacramento Kings are not going to stay two and three. Memphis Grizzlies are not going to stay one and six. The Dallas Mavericks aren't going to stay six and one. Eventually, you'll, you'll, these teams will get back to where their average is, and you know we'll have more parity by the, the midway point. This Knicks team, we're barely scratching the surface on what they can be and their potential, especially on the defensive end and guarding the perimeter. I think they did a lot better than what it is right now. I agree. I completely agree. I'm like, guys, I know everybody's saying the sky is falling. If one three-game winning streak and we're like in first place, like chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Like, it's like it's not. I'm like it looks. It looks very serious in in, in this sample size in this one game. But we have seventy something more games to go. 
We're we're mm-hmm. it's not time to panic yet. Just you got chill out. Just just chill out. Yep. We're three games out of second the second place yeah. in the East. Three like come on. And we lost a couple of those games by like a total of five points. So we're good. We're good. We're good. But yo, I want to talk about a few things. I, I want to talk about Mitch and I want to talk about the second unit. I'm gonna talk about second unit first. Second unit, man. Woo! There was a pivotal part of this game that happened, and it was the third quarter leaving leading into the fourth quarter. Because the Knicks were kind of gotten into a lead. And James Harden hits a three. And it was one of those threes where it felt like this could be a momentum swing three. And then IQ comes right back at the end of the fourth with the second unit and hits like a, a pull-up three <laughs> to, 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 to tie the game. And then mm-hmm. the fourth quarter on, the unit of IQ, Dante, Josh Hart, RJ Barrett, and Hartenstein played the type of defense that, that would make Tibbs cry, weep with joy. They were on a string defensively and not only were they on a string defensively they were the epitome of sharing the ball josh hart had seven assists okay seven assists from josh hart and the thing about that second unit is they've always played well as a unit they always played well defensively they didn't always hit shots though Mm -hmm. and today when they actually started to hit shots and play defense at the same time. You, you can, you can, it, 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 you're in trouble. You're in trouble now. You're in trouble when Dante DiVincenzo Double D is hitting threes on your head while blocking shots, while getting these crazy rebounds. You're in trouble when Josh Hart is starting to hit threes. And now you're looking at IQ. He's like, IQ is like, I don't even have to score because IQ was at IQ was the floor general. Yeah. Like he hardly shot the ball. He shot the ball in big moments. And then set up his teammates in other moments. Set up, set up Dante. Set up, set up a Hartenstein. Like the second unit was running like a well-oiled machine, and it, it got so good that they they outscored the the Clippers bench. Knicks bench outscored the Clippers bench thirty-five to twenty-seven. But on top of that, when the starters came in, they were outplaying the starters. It was our playing Kawhi Leonard, poor George, and, and James Harden. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Now, now we got something. Now we got something. That made me proud. Second minute. 100%. And I think a lot of it is knowing when and with whom to pair Josh Hart with. Josh Hart's inconsistency from three, his ability to like, not be be able to to be relied upon to be a consistent perimeter threat. Yeah, you really need to pair him with guys who can both play make and also make up for that on the offensive end. And Divincenzo is a perfect addition paired alongside Hartenstein and Emmanuel quickly to be able to balance it out and allow Hart to really play with a small small ball power forward position. And with RJ Barrett being able to hit the three into the line, it spaces things to where Hart is not so much of a four on five. A threat on the offensive end. He's actually able to just really crash the boards and look for off- offensive rebounds and second chance opportunities. Because that was really the struggle. Is like, where does Hart fit in? Because Tibbs was playing him a lot with the starters yeah. in that series against Miami, and things just went ice cold from the perimeter. Because when his shot is off, it is 
horrid. Yeah. So it's it's really nice to be able to pair him with guys that have a consistent three ball and DiVincenzo and IQ, but also have playmaking ability to where when he does catch it, it's going to be a nice, clean, either dribble handoff or a wide open kick out three. Like he's getting really good opportunities. Mm-hmm. He just needs to hit him. Same thing with Grimes. But I'm, I'm loving the addition of DiVincenzo. He does everything above average. Nothing. He's not bad at anything. He brings a really solid skill set to his team and much needed depth and versatility with that second unit. I mean, he's fitting like a glove. And the fact that those Villanova ties probably have a lot to do with that. But I think also he's not a system player. He's plug and play. You put him on San Antonio, you put him in Orlando, you put him in Brooklyn, you put him in Toronto. He's going to be the same impact player no matter where he is. And it's because of his high IQ and versatility. Yeah. I, I just wish, you know, you know the 90s song. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I, I wish he was a little bit taller. That's my only thing. But Who? even today, Everybody? today <laughs> he didn't feel that. Today he didn't feel that. He got the rebounding. He got the rebounds. And even the way he was playing Paul George one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And Paul George struggled. Like, Paul yes, he did. There was And there was a couple of little shots where Dante almost blocked it. And I'm looking at this height differential thinking oh man Dante's about to get cooked by Paul George who's bigger and taller and but he really bothered him defensively oh, man. he must have been really watching tape I think Paul George shot 18 percent from the field and a lot of that had to do with the defense and Dante was on him for a lot of that 18 percent from the field at least in the second half so so kudos yeah. to Dante he played good ball denial, and also Paul George didn't have the ball in his hands. Like James Harden was, it was a, a lot of like thin opportunities there for everyone to be able to be on ball and have their usage rates they're used to. So Paul George was playing like fourth option out there and getting the, the fourth most shots of those of the star group that they have with their bid four. So I think it's made a lot of adjustment on the Clipper side. I don't like the Harden fit for that team at all. Mm. If Russ wasn't there, I think it would be possible to work. But man, there's a lot of guys with. With the need the ball in their hands to be efficient, and not a lot of off ball opportunities or people who are willing to be off ball on that team. Yeah, I mean it's their first game, so it is what it is. But I agree with you; uh, they have all gonna have to kind of get accustomed to not having the ball in their hands as, as much. I mean that's what happens when you have that big three like we do. Yeah, it takes a minute to find find that rhythm. It really big does. three. Let's go, big exactly. three. Let's go. Let's go. It's not that in. No more mid three. We got a bit three. <laughs> Man, once you take out poor George and Kawhi, and then it's a big three now, all right? Shoot. Jules did his thing against Kawhi. And I still remember we found out that Randall could gargle on Kawhi last season. And he brought it this season. He did a good job on Kawhi. So Man, when, when Randall just gets in the paint and plays that bully ball, bro, I'm like, Damn, I love him on the Knicks. It's when he settles for those mid-range, like three-ball face-up, like pull-up jumpers. I'm like, oh man, he just like scream at the TV, you know. But yeah. hey, he, he was in his bad tonight, for real. I and mean, we needed it. We needed those shots. And I'm I'm glad he's back on track. We just need him to stay on track. We can't have no relapses. Stay yeah. on track, Randall. Stay on track because. Whew. You can tell in the, the fan base is still pissed because every time Randall did something good, nobody said no. Everybody's still a little sensitive right now. But you, you keep doing that. Randall, I'm going to tell you how to get back in, in Knicks fans' good graces. Give Mitchell Robinson five lobs. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. If you give Mitchell Robinson five lobs a game, Knicks fans will be back. And play defense. Don't do that. Don't do that and not play defense because we'll still get on. 
You give Mitchell Robinson five lobs a game, then you'll be fine. Which brings me to Alexander spinning and sinning. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander, man. Dude always has a one-liner. Zaners, I love it. That's a fact. That's a fact, yo. Yo, can we talk about the Mitch, man? Can we talk about this monster over here? Look at those arms, man. This guy's in the gym. This guy is destroying people. Loss in this struggle start of the season is how well Mitch has started out. Because people were like, oh, he hasn't developed. He's not gotten any better from last year. And he's quietly having his best start of his career. (laughs) Averaging double-double rebounding for the first time in his career. Leading the league in offensive rebounds. Um, Four steals today. This is not the first. I think he he had four steals. I think this might be the second time he had four steals. And then I think he had another three-steal game. And on top of that, in a in a league where people are begging for switchable centers who can guard the paint and guard the perimeter, this is the second time in six games where I've seen him guard a small forward at the three-point line and stop it. Yeah. First, Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert had him on an island one-on-one. Knicks was like, you got it. Didn't give him any help. Karis LeVert blows by him. Mitch blocks the shot. Second, Mitch versus the claw, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard tries to score on him. Mitch blocks the shot. This is looking very defensive player of the year-ish to me. Knicks top three defense in the league. The spider struggles. Top three defense in the league. With this guy anchoring the defense getting steals, multiple steals a game at center. What center is giving you four steals? That's not a center stack. This is, Mitchell Robinson has been severely underrated. He really had a really monster game today. Devoured another NBA center. Lots to say. Man, shout out Ninja P, Stop Perry for finding this gym in the second round. And being able to put into the investment and Thibodeau and Leon Rose hiring Tibbs, who's a perfect coach to mold Mitchell Robinson into the, the, the centerpiece of your defense and the anchor of your defense, man. Dude's been a beast. I love his mentality, too. He, he's being less childish. We're seeing less of his social media antics, more emphasis on setting hard, solid strings, more emphasis on rolling to the basket and looking for that lob, mm-hmm. more emphasis in offensive rebounds, and really not just playing good and some good centers but playing a solid and aggressive and it's the mediocre ones too, and really dominate when the opportunity is there, which is Zubak is not in the same lead. I mean, just solid, solid center. He's above average, but he's not in the same lead as Mitchell Robinson and Mitch ate him for lunch, bro. It was, un- it was like dominance. Like Mitchell Robinson should be a household name, at least for the mainstream media. As we know, these bum ass Kevin O'Connor and they're, they're these Rainer pasty bums working for that website. They ain't really watching the nits, man. It's just nits for clits. They hear something's going on on Twitter. They repost it. I don't They watch the game. They're not watching the game. You can't watch 12 NBA games in one day, bro. It ain't happening. They don't know about Mitchell Robinson by the end of the season. I damn well promise they will know about Mitchell Robinson because it will be impossible to ignore the impact he's had. Both I test. And in, 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 in the analytics, the dude's impact on the game is bar none. 
And it's been really great to see him get these lob opportunities from the rest of the team and not just RJ to be able to get his points per game average up a little bit too. Cause the dude deserves it, man. He really does. For, for real. He should be averaging 10 points a game. Like yeah. 10 points He's a elite. game is not really, you know what 10 points a game is Lee? Five lobs. Yeah. Five yeah. lobs. He playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. You can find an opportunity to give my boy Mitch five lobs a game. He works hard for it. He deserves those five lobs. It, don't even, it, it can be four lobs in the putback because it gets the offensive rebound to get the putbacks. So this should be room for 10 points. This this should be a double-double season if our guys look for Mitch. It should be. And, and his trainer, listen, I'm, his trainer is on Instagram pissed after that Bucks loss. He should have been. For sure. Rightly so. Like I totally is like I was actually trying to get him on the show because I posted his stuff like a, I posted a trainer the trainer's response on our page like a month ago or two, and he responded on our page, and I was trying I'm trying to get on the show man because I like I feel like there's some misconceptions on what Mitch does because it's not shown and I really wanted him to to, to talk about it but I don't know maybe he's ready to get Mitch in trouble which I understand he doesn't want to cause any ripples but I wasn't trying to jam him up but I thought it'd be a real good conversation to have about what. His work ethic is like and what he works on and things of that nature. Just to clear up some misconceptions. You know, man, I want to comment on this too because it has to do with Mitch. It is so badass to have a two-headed dragon at the center position, bro. Listen, as dope as Mitchell Robinson is, this ain't Nerlens Noel's bum ass coming in off the bench. This is Isaiah Hardenstein, (laughs) baby. The German beast. My man is a dog. He is a dog. And they have different skill sets. Like Mitch's athleticism is, he might be the most athletic center in the NBA. It's pretty close to me, between him and Rudy Gobert and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. too. But I might give Mitch the edge in terms of vertical ability. But man, Hartenstein's passing, yeah. high IQ, just like his ability to just like score around the rim, that nice little floater that he was showing off in his Cleveland series. Like, man, to have Mitch sit and him come in, there's very little drop off in terms of rim protection. Offensive rebounding and shot blocking. Yeah. And that is awesome to have that level of consistency at the five at all times. We got to resign iHeart coming this summer. Yeah. No, I agree. We got, we got, like, we got 48 minutes of, of, of great center work between those two. Yep. And, and our heart has been a great addition to us. And I'm glad. I'm glad he turned around because I was not feeling him last year. Bro. None of us were. Last year. None of us were. Not at all. But he played better. He played a lot better. So it's it's been great. It's been a great addition. And I also want to give a small shout out. Small shout out to to Emmanuel quickly because I feel like he hasn't played a lot of minutes lately because of the matchups. Because the the guys on the other end of the of the floor have been bigger, so he this has been less less likely to go with the small matchups. And even though he hasn't gotten the time, he still produced. You know. In 20 minutes, gave it was the highest plus minus on the team. In 20 minutes, uh, plus plus 22, seven points, five assists on the night. Really good floor game, extremely yep. good floor game. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Alexander has a, he says not to take away from Lee's very valid point, but the show description still says Pelicans. Ah, uh, good show, catch, good catch, good catch, guy, good catch, guy. I can definitely edit that. Thank you. Thank you. And happy birthday. Happy I see, birthday, a birthday. see a birthday in the chat. 
Yeah, we both said the same thing. <laughs> Happy birthday, Just Nick. Happy Appreciate birthday you, to you, Just Nick. Scorpio That's gang, it. stand up. Actually, today is Ryan G's birthday. Let's go. Yeah. He's outside somewhere getting wasted. Yeah, he's outside <laughs> celebrating Nick's win. <laughs> I took my guy, Ali, uh, <laughs> Ryan G. My birthday is coming up Saturday, so this pod is, is full of, full of, of uh, the Scorpio gang. Uh, but happy birthday to my guy, Ryan G. And also, you guys, if you want to talk, I saw SK was in the chat earlier. If you want to talk, the Discord link is pinned to the top. If you want to chat and talk Knicks basketball with us, all you got to do is click that link at the top. The Discord link is back. I saw Craig Ward in here. Craig knows how knows about the Discord link. And it's actually a lot simpler today than it was when we first got it, too. It's a lot less, it's a lot less complicated. So it's more click and go. Shout out to Discord for upgrading. All right. <laughs> All right, but shout out to the chat, Alexander. Shout out to SK. Shout out to Just Nicks. Picks for Timmy. Uh, uh, Fritz Alessandor, the best mod in the game. And everybody else is rocking with the KOP. Yo. Um, not much else I want to mention. Is it Grimes? It's just Grimes. Jalen, this was a good Jalen Brunson didn't have a tough game today, two of 12. Um, played defense pretty well, though. Had three steals. But the four turnovers weren't that weren't good and didn't shoot well. Uh, it was kind of it was impressive that we won this game with how bad he played. That's a great sign, very great sign. This is the game actually. Maybe IQ could have uh, stayed in a little bit longer in the fourth quarter actually because he already had it going. The momentum was going away. He was being a floor general, floor general. But that's you know that's nitpicky. We ended up winning the game. And Grimes, Grimes has to be more aggressive. Listen, and it's it's nice that Joyce Randall and RJ Barrett balled out against a team that's pretty damn good. Like you got four Hall of Famers on that squad, and maybe the third best coach in the NBA in Ty Lu. Very good coach, very good in-game adjustment coach. And he had nothing, he couldn't stop RJ, couldn't stop Randall. Like this was a solid win. If we would if Randall would have played this way and RJ would have played this way against the Raptors or against like the Rockets, I, I would still be happy. But the fact that it was just a Clippers, a Clipper team that was probably a hype with James Harden joining the board and everyone's healthy, everyone's playing the, the regular minutes in rotation. This is a great win, man. This is a statement win to me, and hopefully a type of win that brings momentum to turn the season around and get us on a little bit of a win streak, man, because we've got some, some fairly easy games coming up. The next two are very winnable. And if we can strain up three in a row before we meet Boston on Monday, bruh, we outside. Let's go. Let's go. Scared of Boston, man. I know Boston has this heart start. I'm still not. I'm not scared of Boston, man. I'm really not scared of Boston. I'm not. I'm not scared of Boston. And I'm weirdly I'm like ready. the way we played the Bucks. I'm like, eh. I gotta I'm see. We'll see. we'll see. We'll see. Cause we'll see Boston, how that goes man. when when people get momentum and click in and it's mid season. We'll see how we look then. But I no still, one, I still like our chances. Really, no one in the East looks terrifying. But in terms of the playoffs, I'm not scared to face anyone. I know it's very early, but this is also taken into account last year. I'm not scared to face anyone in the East. It's the West where I think the contenders are, yeah. not in the East. Yeah, the West. The West is where I'm, I'm still very weary of the, the, the very long teams. I'm still very weary of those very long teams. Uh, so I'm definitely afraid of the West for sure. For sure. All right. But Quentin Grimes, man, you need to get more aggressive. More aggressive. Right. And this is, this is, listen, you played four minutes more 
than Dante. Dante got up more shots. Yeah. Clean stared. Gotta put him up. Yeah. He did a shoot. Gotta put him up. That's all I gotta say. But Randall was trying to find him. Yeah, he was. He was. He was trying to get him going. He was. Randall, um, actually, there was a few shots where they said Randall was overpassing. I actually liked it because he passed up some shots. A good shot got Grimes a great shot. Grimes mm-hmm. missed it early. Uh, yep. I get it. But uh, also, Grimes got to shoot more. Um, let's get to the super chats. Seen the super chat? Super chats are welcomed. Uh, shout out to Alexander who sends a 420 super chat. Pretty funny. Always gives you a 420 super chat. Uh, says level headed hive. We here, fam. Thank you. Thank you for supporting our level headed takes. And cash apps and stuff are also is also available. Shout out to SK who sent us a cash app. Uh, says five dollars for the Knicks win the right way. Appreciate you, SK. Uh, we're holding it down on Twitter and YouTube. So shout out to you, SK. All right. Next game we got is a is the Spurs. Is that a is that at home? Yes. We got the Spurs at home Wednesday. Charlotte net up next after that. Oh, we got Charlotte up next on Sunday. Mm. Okay, we can do some. We can do some damage. Maybe we can, insane. three in a row. Yeah, we can start to we can start to do some damage and pick up some momentum if we do some things right. And then the Celtics, yeah, we can, and then we, Atlanta's gonna be pissed. We got some winnable games coming up after that rough stretch. We have some winnable games. Uh, a break, a long break between Wednesday and Sunday, but then into a back to back though. That's weird. But <laughs> and, and also, like, I mean, you have to admit too, it's been a very tough start of a season scheduling wise. We played some really solid team. Now like we're dropping games, you know, to a bunch of, of bum ass rosters. We're playing playoff teams, teams that were in the playoffs last year, and we're losing very close single digit games to them. So uh, there was never a point where I got really scared or thought the season was going to be a wash or it was a return of a 2021, 2022. Like, I never had those feelings. Plenty of time returning staying around. Wait till Brunson gets cut in two. And then that big three is going to be firing all cylinders. Shout out Tibbs, man. The, the Penguins doing the best job he can to keep the ship um, sailing straight. So I think Tibbs has been doing a solid job so far this season. Everyone has their mistakes, but he's keeping them locked in and keeping them motivated on defense, which is what I care the most about. I agree. I agree. It's too early. And like, listen, we started off so last season too. I think we started out like three and four last season, and yeah. then we ended up being a four seed. So you can't, t- you can't, you can't get too ahead of yourself with that. For sure. Facts. All right. And like you said, look, lost, lost to the Celtics by four. Oh, not a big deal. Lost to the Bucks by five. We had some close losses. Lost to the Cavs by six. We in, we're in a lot of these games. We're in a lot of these yeah. games. We're in a lot of these games. In the tough schedule, in the toughest part of the season. But we'll be back. That, that, that's a Tibbs team. A Fizdo team is blown up by 20. A Tibbs <laughs> team, a, a Tibbs team, if they lose, it's going to be in, in single digits. Exactly. They don't play the pass off. And then you'll have that one shot of, of Fizdale smiling. And then oh, you'll see like, the score on him. He's like, <laughs> giving people high fives. Yeah. <laughs> Being we don't get you right. We don't get you right. <laughs> yeah, right to the end of the bench, bro. Right, exactly. Right at the unemployment line, really. But, <laughs> man. Oh, Fizz. Catching strays. Yeah, Much man. deserved strays. Still, still. Fishy <laughs> job in Phoenix. Shout out to you. All right. Yeah. That is that show. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Um, we'll be back on 
Wednesday. All right. So I really want to see Mitch versus Wimbledon. That's going to be interesting. Hell yeah. That's going to be really interesting to see if they're going to try to throw the lives from like the foul line. And that's going to be crazy. And Keldon Johnson versus Randall is going to be a great matchup too at the four. Yeah. It's a great matchup. Yeah. Keldon Johnson was kind of killing us last season too. So. Bro, he's balling right now. He's a solid player. Yeah. Keldon. Yeah. Squad over there, San Antonio. Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully we, we get that win. All right. But that's the show, guys. Thank you guys for watching. I don't know if you have any bro picks or anything. We, we just wrap it up. No, man, that's nothing to be mad about right now, you know? It's all good, man. I'm not going to hate on nobody. I'm not going to call no one a bum, you know? It's it's all good, man. You and I getting along in the chat. Didn't have any didn't have anything to argue about. Nope. It's a good W, baby. Let's just like, relish <laughs> the win. Let's keep those positive vibes going. Let's keep it going. Dubs. Dubs all around. All right, cool. Let's try to wrap it up. Then. That is our show. I'll see you. Thank you, Coralie. And Samir Sariana, shout out to you guys. That Samir. is our show, guys. Thank you guys for watching and enjoying us. We are out of here. Guess what? As always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. The mess out here in these Nick's YouTube streets. That's our show. We out this mug. Dreams. <laughs>